0: Amen. Good morning, Journey Church. We are in a series. Actually, this is our last sermon in this series called Work Matters. And the reason why we're talking about work matters is because your work matters. But also we're talking about the matters of work. And as we've been thinking about, okay, what what are the parts of work that we need to talk about? One of the things I've heard from you guys is the stress of work. We live in a stressful time, don't we? All the metrics are showing that even though we have so many blessings around us that we're more stressed than ever before. There's literally a stat that came out a week and a half ago regarding employment, regarding working class individuals. And this came out a week and a half ago. Forty percent of workers report their job is either very or extremely stressful. About 90 percent said their job is stressful. Forty percent said it's very or extremely stressful. Stressful. I won't ask for a show of hands, but I think a lot of you would say, where I work is stressful. Students, you're, you're part of this. 49% of all high school students report feeling a great deal of stress on a daily basis. 49% of our high school students say daily, I'm feeling a great deal of stress. We're stressed out. And it's impacting us physically, it impacts our bodies, it impacts our digestive systems, it gives us stomach problems, insomnia, Tightness around the chest. Have you been there? You just feel the stress of what's going on around us. And can I just tell you, God cares about every part of you. He doesn't just care about your Sunday morning person. He cares about your Monday morning person. He cares about the stress that you're walking through. And what I love about the word of God is that when we feel stressed, and some of you are going, man, I feel stressed. Some of you are retired, and you still feel stressed. You're like, I thought I was going to retire, then things were going to get easy. And I was talking to a guy the other day, he goes, I feel like I work harder now that I'm retired than I did when I was just working a job. We're just stressed, right? And can I tell you, we're not the first to feel this. In fact, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit counterintuitive that this generation is so stressed when you think about, I mean, think about the ancient world. Because I think sometimes we, we look at the Bible, and some of you maybe who are a little bit more skeptical, you'd go, well, what does the Bible have to say about stress? I mean, what did people in the ancient world know about stress? Um, only that they didn't have a clue of where they were even going to get clean water each day. <laughs> only that they didn't even know where a meal was going to come from, because they didn't have Kroger. And there wasn't a dollar general every two blocks. Right? I mean, think about it. They had no freezers. They had no, every day. That's why Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 6. Like, they worried about food because they didn't know where food was going to come from. Can you imagine the stress of the ancient world? Hope the water today doesn't have diseases in it. As you put another bucket full and put it on your head and walk two miles back to where you live. No stress in that at all, right? Right? Can you imagine Judea, the stress of being under the occupation rule of the Roman Empire? And if your Roman leader of your region just happened to be a little insane that day, historians tell us that in one day, like over a thousand Jews would be just wiped out, just just for the heck of it, just because he was in a bad mood. Can you imagine the stress? so we're not the first, and I'm not belittling your stress, I'm not trying to at all demean, because some of you are going through some very stressful circumstances at work, and some of you don't know, am I going to have a job next week? I was talking to a person a couple weeks ago, and they said, man, I just, I just never know from day to day. It seems like people are being laid off, and, I, and, and that would be extremely stressful. I'm not belittling your stress, but I'm saying that in our stress, we can go to the Word of God, and we can understand the principles. We can look at what Jesus did when he was stressed. You think Jesus was stressed? I think Jesus experienced him. I mean, think about just even growing up in a small town, and he grew up in a small town where his paternity was being constantly questioned. Can you imagine being in the playground, seven-year-old Jesus, and little Johnny next to Jesus says, my mom told me that your dad's not really your dad. You don't think he put up with that stuff? You don't think people back then were the same that people are now? Imagine 30 years old, he's, he becomes a, a rabbi, he decides he's gonna quit the carpenter deal, and he's now gonna follow what the, what the Spirit is leading him to do in being a rabbi. And just overnight, his popularity spikes, and he's got thousands of people coming out to see him. And all the other rabbis are going, Yeah, it's because he's a false teacher, he's watering down the gospel, he doesn't give them the real meat, that's why they're all coming to see him. Thousands of people coming out to see Jesus, and 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 they then they're getting hungry and needing food. Can you imagine? At times they want to make him king and when he says no, I'm not going to be your king, like they want to take him out the city limits and stone him to death. Can you imagine the stress there? Can you imagine the stress if you're just trying to you're just trying to get from point A to point B and demon possessed people come out of nowhere and you got to deal with that? I mean literally. Literally. Can you imagine the stress of dealing with the the, the religious leaders who were insanely jealous and the temple workers and having to rebuke them and the conflict that he was constantly having with them, them trying to entrap him with their questions? Can you imagine the stress that Jesus experienced? Even his own family members at one point thought that he was insane. A group of his brothers came and were trying to rescue him from a situation because they just thought he had kind of gone off the reservation a little bit too far. I, I think there would be stress there. Some of you are like, well, no, Jesus was the son of God. You know what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15? He says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way. He was tempted in every way. Would you say that with me? He was tempted in every way. We have a high priest who was tempted in every way, yet was without sin. I am so grateful that when I'm stressed out, I can go to Jesus, my great high priest, who is resurrected and ascended and exalted, and I can say, Jesus, I'm stressed out, and Jesus goes, I know how you feel. And my spirit is with you, and just as my spirit was with me as I was ministering, when I was in human form, my spirit is with you, and you you are empowered, and I'm never gonna leave you, and I'm never gonna forsake you, and my peace is upon you. Like when we're stressed out, we can look to Jesus. He knows a a thing or two about stress. Here are a few things as as I was just looking at the Gospels and looking really at all of scripture. Some areas that we can focus on when we're stressed. Some of you this week, I hope it's not true, but some of you tomorrow morning are gonna walk into a stressful situation at school, at work. Here are some things you can focus on. Number one, focus on God's word. You say, can you make that a point of every sermon? It's kind of important. It's kind of the most important. You've got to get the word of God inside of you. And the point is not to get the word of God inside of you when all of a sudden you're in a stressful situation. Get the word of God inside of you today and tomorrow and Tuesday. So then when you're in a really stressful situation, it's in you. You need it in you, right? I love what David said in Psalm 19, verses seven and eight. He says, the instructions of the Lord. And when he's talking about the instructions of the Lord, he's talking about the word of God. He says, the instructions of the Lord, the word of God, they're perfect, reviving the soul. How many of you need your soul to be revived? Sometimes our soul just gets tired. It just gets wearied, It just gets hard. He says, man, I love your word. I love, David had such a heart for the word of God. Because I I love your word. It's perfect. It revives the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise the simple, making wise the simple. Some of you go, I don't got no education. I'm not very wise. You know what? The Word of God will make you wise. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Some of you are like, man, when was the last time I had joy? Remember back when some of you grew up in church back in VBS and used to go, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And you go, what happened? I haven't had joy deep down in my heart in a long time. Here it is. The commandments of the Lord are right. They bring joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Focus on God's word. God's word is life. It is living and active. I quoted Hebrews 4.15, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than the sharpest of swords. The word of God, if you are stressed out, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to belittle your stress, but I'm saying get in the word. Get in the word. Maybe you go, I don't know how to read the Bible. The Bible's intimidating. I've tried opening up the Bible, and I started in page one, and before long I was in stuff that I didn't understand. I'd invite you this Thursday. We're starting a new round of the Grow class. It's four weeks on Thursday nights over in the student center, and literally this Thursday we're going to be talking about how to read the Bible. It's going to be very elementary level, so if you already know all this stuff, you don't even have to come. But if, you, if you're going, man, I, so, I've, I've met people who have been in church for decades, and they're like, I don't know how to read the Bible. We'll just talk about it. It's, it's a discussion. It's not a lecture. We just sit and talk And we, based on who's in the group and where they come from. We'll talk through that. Um, a, great, a great website to check out is the uh, Bible in One Year app. I think we have that in your notes. Check that out. Focus on God's word. I can't say that. It's number one for a reason. Focus on God's word. Number two, this isn't going to sound very spiritual, but I'm telling you, number two, focus on your health. Focus on your health. I think one of the reasons why we're so stressed out, we're not living very well. You say, well, what, how does this have to do with Jesus? Jesus walked everywhere. <laughs> there, was a, there, was a, there was a historian who did the synoptic gospels. Synoptic gospels, is when you put all the gospels, you kind of layer them on, and try to, get like the whole, you know, try to get the whole story of the gospels. And if, I mean, when you look at the synoptic gospels, Jesus was walking miles, probably almost every day. He was walking. What was Jesus eating? I know this doesn't sound spiritual. Some of you are going, come on, can we get, what was Jesus eating? He was essentially eating the Mediterranean diet. I promise Jesus didn't wake up in the morning and eat five donuts. He just didn't. And listen, I know you, we heard that, especially some of you younger ones won't remember this, but back when I was growing up, remember we heard you are what you eat? And we'd make fun of that You'd be like, well, I guess I'm a Big Mac. <laughs> And now look at me at 45 and I'm starting to look like a Big Mac, right? I mean, what we put, you can't add any hours to your day. You can't add any minutes to your day, but we can add focus to our day through energy. Everything you eat is either giving you life or taking life. And sometimes, sometimes we're like, you know, you, I, I joked about the donuts, but have you ever in the morning eaten like a plate of pancakes? Am I like ten o'clock? You're just like, oh, man, the devil's just really got a hold of me today. I don't know what's going on. I know what's going on. You ate a plate of pancakes, <laughs> right? Like I'm telling you, this sounds so simple, but sometimes the stress has to do with what we're eating, it has to do with what we're putting in. I was recently struck. By, and by the way, of the five points, this is my point. Okay, this is the point. I'm preaching this to myself. I was thinking the, a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking this thought came to mind. I don't, think, I don't know if it was from God, but it was just this thought that came in my mind of what would I do personally, Kendi Chant, what would I do for $100,000? What would I do if someone said, hey, I want to give you a gift of $100,000? What, what would I do for $100,000? And yet by not prioritizing my health, I'm probably going to spend way more than $100,000. Even from the age I am right now, If Jesus doesn't come back first. like It's even a financial thing, right? How often do you exercise? Well, we're Christians. We don't gym guilt. We don't go to the gym. We don't do that kind of stuff because that's about our appearance. And I'm about the heart. I'm about God looks at the, he doesn't look at the the appearance. He looks at the heart. God also gave you this one and only body until your resurrected body. We're to steward what God has entrusted to us right now. Not not as many amens for this point. I get you. All right. (laughs) staying healthy includes sleep you're like are we still on point two yes we're still on point two i was looking at some research about students and stress because i was really interested in this i mean students are stressed out and as i was looking i looked at multiple articles and the top three suggestions of every single article and these were by like doctors like people who know what they're doing top three suggestions of every single article for students regarding stress was what sleep our students are not getting enough sleep and I could preach it the students, but I'll preach it to parents. And here's the truth of the matter. Parents, by the time we get home, because we're not eating right and we're not exercising, we're stressed out at work, we get home, and you don't, you don't want to have the battle of telling them to go to bed, because you're just so stinging tired yourself. You're like, yeah, if you want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix with me, I guess have at it. I don't want to fight with you, so just stay up until midnight, I guess. Parents is not, I mean, we can talk to the students all day. Parents, we need to be consistent about a bedtime for our kids. And every statistic tells, I know this, you're like, get in the Bible, kid. I'm just telling you, every statistic tells us that middle school students need, you're gonna, this is going to blow you away, nine to ten hours of sleep every night. Middle school students, high school students need eight hours of sleep every night. And yet talk to the high school students in our church and ask them what's their average amount of sleep that they get. And I promise you, it's less than eight hours. Adults, how much sleep are you getting? You need at least seven hours for the most of I know, everyone thinks they're the outlier. Well, I could get by with four hours of sleep. No, you can't. You're lying to yourself. One of these days, you're gonna break down. And then you're going to blame God. And God is like, I sent a preacher. <laughs> he told you to take a nap. He told you to get some sleep. I, it really, I mean, sometimes we over-spiritualize this stuff. A lot of the reason why we're stressed out is because we're not focusing on our health. We're not, we're not paying attention to what we're eating. And I'm guilty. I'm not, <laughs> this isn't me pointing my finger down at you. I'm trying to get better at this. We're not exercising. We're not sleeping. We're doing everything wrong. And then when things break down, we're like, God, how could you have the audacity to do this to me? Okay, some of you have been waiting for me to get to number three. Let's do it. Number three, focus on pausing. Focus on pausing. This is something, I, I know every person is in a different work environment and, 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 you know, you're in manufacturing. Some of you are in medical. You know, some of you are students. This can be, this, you might have to use some creativity. But one of the things that Jesus did as a Jew is Jesus practiced a discipline of pausing. When I say pausing, this comes from the Psalms. If you read through the Psalms, you will see a word repeated 72 times throughout the Psalms. And it's the word selah. S E L A H. Selah in the Hebrew literally means pause. And so when you would read through the psalms, and many times they would have these memorized, and they would quote these, and there would be specific psalms for specific seasons of the year for a Jew, and and different psalms for going to the temple, and different psalms for the morning, and different psalms for the evening. And they would get to this point, and they weren't, for the most part, they weren't reading it. Because most people didn't have, like, scrolls of the psalms, like, in their homes. They had this memorized. And so Salem means when they would get to that, they would literally... Like, pause. It would be like an awkward, at least 30 seconds, sometimes three minutes or so of just pausing, where they would just, everybody would be quiet all at the same time. And you go, what in the world? Why would they do that? God was instituting this thing that we've totally lost in our culture, and it's the ability to just be quiet and not have a phone and not have a screen on somewhere else and not have music playing from Spotify, but just to pause for three minutes. And they would think about what they had just quoted from the Psalms. It was amazing. Here's, here's how this could work for us. And I, again, you have to be creative in some of the places. What if you just schedule throughout your day, depending on your schedule. Students, you know your schedule. If you're in manufacturing, you know your schedule. Is there a way to schedule throughout your work day two or three moments where you could pause for 30 seconds? So just stay in the bathroom stall for another 30 seconds. Uh, that's kind of gross. I actually get emails of people who don't like the fact that I use bathrooms in my sermons. So I need to, I guess, not do that as much. Um, what, what are creative ways that, that you could just take 30 seconds just to stop what you're doing? Just 30 seconds. You say, well, what am I supposed to do for the 30 seconds? Just be, maybe, maybe med- med- meditate on a scripture you read that morning. Meditate on the names of God. Just think about who God is. Think about his goodness to you. Take a couple deep breaths there's something powerful neurologically about pausing and we don't pause anymore we don't even know how to be bored anymore i'm at the grocery store and if i'm standing in a line which you don't even stand in lines anymore because we do self checkout and everything but i mean i've got my phone out and i'm doing something else like there's importance of pausing number 4 this is a don't don't focus on fear you're like, Ken, that doesn't make sense, because as soon as you say that, what am I focusing on? Fear, right? A lot of our stress is related to fear. Most of our stress is related to some kind of fear. Can I ask you a question? Do you think Jesus ever faced fear? Do you think Jesus ever faced fear? Yes or no? Give me. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but he was tempted just as we are, yet he was without sin, right? Jesus faced fear. Didn't mean, doesn't mean he gave in to fear. I'm not saying that Jesus walked around like Eeyore, like meditating on the fear. But you got to believe Jesus faced fear, right? How? What do we? What do you do when you face fear? I remember I was going through a season a, a number of years ago, and I just—I mean—I was waking up every night in the middle of the night, like three o'clock, and you know, do you, you guys never do this, but, you're, but it was like three o'clock in the morning. My brain would just wouldn't quit. There was all these things going on, and I couldn't—I couldn't sleep. And I was talking to a mentor of mine. He goes, "Here's what you do." He goes, you get out a notebook and you write down every fear. Now this goes against a lot of Christian teaching. A lot of Christian teaching is like you ignore the fear, you quote scripture instead, you act like the fear isn't there. And this was a godly man. He said, write down every, all the things that are going, all the fear that's going on, all the, all the things that are, that is just looping, right? Because it's on loop. He says, write it all down. And then when you get done writing it, just say, what else is there? You just, you just dump it all. You just write it all out, All the fear. You just dump it all out and then he says and then you ask the holy spirit to go through point by point and you just ask what actions could i take about this fear and i started doing this and, and there's some things i could take action some of them it was just so enormous but i just okay lord what what can i do who do i need to call to help me when am i going to do this let's put it on my calendar let's schedule this let's get all this fear and let's get but there's a whole bunch of the fear that i couldn't do a thing about it that's out of my control I don't have the president's cell phone number, <laughs> you know? I don't have the ability to sit Putin and, and the president, you know, I, I don't have all, I, but, so, so there's a lot of things, and what my lifeline became is Psalm 118 verse 6, and I had this on auto-repeat, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. And I just, walk, I mean, I would say this, I don't know if you remember this, this, was, this in particular was about 15 years ago, and I just go, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. The Lord is, I told my kids this, I don't know if they remember, but at, at night, I'd be tucking them in, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. Say it with me, kids. The Lord is with me, the nodding over here. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. In fact, would you say that with me? The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. Now say it this time like you mean it. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. Some of you the the stress of work is the fear. It's the fear of the layoffs. It's the fear of what happens if this happens. What the fear of this person? It's a fear of individuals. Write, write all of that down. And then just ask the Lord, Lord, what what of this can I take? Is there part of this that I am responsible for? Sometimes the fear is there, it's a reminder, you, you gotta do something about this. And what of this is my responsibility that I can take action for, and then what of this do I just need to rest and just say, "The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid." The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Number five. Let's keep going. Focus on Sabbath. Now we're talking about Jesus and stress. This is one thing that Jesus, we know Jesus would do. In fact, there's specific passages in the gospels where Jesus is, is kind of attacked because he wasn't as legalistic as everybody else was about it. But Jesus practiced Sabbath. Some of you are going, well, what is Sabbath? To understand Sabbath, you have to go all the way back to the creation story in Genesis chapter two. Verse one, it says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished this work of creation, so he did what? What did he do? He, God, almighty, eternal, everlasting, rested. Now, why did God rest? Because he was so bone tired, right? No. God doesn't get tired. Turn to the person next to you and say, God doesn't get tired. God doesn't get tired, okay? He's not, he's not like us in that way. Why, why do you think God rested? He was being an example to us. In fact, we know that specifically because as we keep going in Scripture, we see that he commands his people throughout. Some of you are in the Bible reading plan right now. We're reading through the Bible, and we're in the book of Exodus. And how many times in the last week have we read about Sabbath? At least three times this last week, if you're still with us, we've been reading about Sabbath in the book of Exodus. By the time of Jesus, as I mentioned, the Sabbath had become extremely legalistic. The rabbis had added to this you know, all kinds of rules of what you couldn't do. It was mostly all the things you couldn't do on Sabbath. And so one time Jesus is healing a person and it's on the Sabbath and these religious leaders like jump from out behind bushes. I mean they were spying on him all the time, right? And they're like, ah, we caught you. And Jesus is like, you caught me? Yeah, you are working on the Sabbath. I healed a man on the Sabbath. You guys are out of your minds, you guys are nutcases. He, well, that's my interpretation. He says in verse 27, this is Mark, Mark chapter two, verse 27, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath is a gift. To us, we need the Sabbath. God gave us His example of Sabbath, and then he commanded us to do the same. In fact, when you look at the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, you look at the list of the Ten Commandments. You know the ones, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, you know all that list of Ten Commandments. Do you know one of the Ten Commandments is to honor to keep the Sabbath? (laughs) Man, that's the one commandment we break like crazy, don't we? So why, did, why does God give us Sabbath? Because he loves us. He wants to experience his peace. He doesn't want us to experience the stress of working 24-7, that we need to rest. We're not meant to endlessly work. I love what uh, Rich Volotis says about this. He says, Sabbath is a reminder that our work remains incomplete. We often tell ourselves, when I finish everything, then I will rest. But when does it end? sabbath is a day that moves us from production to presence resist the idol of productivity we are more than what we produce sabbath is not just rest from making things it's rest from the need to make something of ourselves whoo sabbath points us to the deeper rest we need so can i just challenge you is there a day of the week that you can set aside for sabbath A day where you don't do what you do all the other days of the week. So if you make widgets on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is there a day that at some point you don't make widgets one day a week? My day of rest is Thursdays. So that's why when you call me or email me, I'm not supposed to answer. (laughs) What do we do on Sabbath? Some of you are like, I need details. Help me understand this. Traditionally, what we see throughout Scripture here are several things that you do on Sabbath. You stop. The point of Sabbath is that God is on the throne and that the world will not fall apart because you're not available for 24 hours. It's actually a reminder that He is sovereign. In a way, it's kind of like the tithe. It's saying, God, by giving you this 10%, I realize that with your blessing on the 90%, I can go further than I could if I just did what I want to do with the whole 100%. It's saying, God, I'm going to give you this day, and I'm believing that of the six days that you bless, there's going to be more for it. Well, this could never work in the real world, right? Tell Chick fil A that. Google Chick fil A business right now, they are off the charts. And they're not even open on the days that everybody else is making the most money. Number one day for KFC of making money is Mother's Day. It's a Sunday. Every every year. <laughs> Mother's Day is on a Sunday, and Chick-fil-A stays closed, and all that income, they don't get a piece of it. Uh, just stop. Here's the second thing that you can do on Sabbath. Just rest. For me, this is <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest with you, this is napping. This is running. This is putzing around in the garage. This is reading a biography. This is playing Sudoku. This is in the summer going to Cedar Point. We have two kayaks. When they're not falling off the roof of our car, you know. It's just, it's it's not doing the thing that you do the other six days. It's just resting in him. It's going out for dinner, it's journaling. The challenge is to slow the pace and to rest in him and to delight in God. And that leads to number three, delight. After finishing his work of creation, God proclaimed that it was very good. So in Sabbath, we take time to delight over who God is and what he has done. We praise him. We slow down. We pay attention. We're extra appreciative. And the fourth is we focus. We meditate on God's word. We spend extra time on Sabbath listening to him. And when we slow down and we're not doing the things that we do the other six days of the week, even in the things that don't seem spiritual, God shows up. He just does because we're, we're settling down. Now, some of you are going, well, it's nice that you can do that, Pastor. Nice that you can have one day off every week. I live in the real world. I don't get that luxury. And I, and I, I, do, I do get that. I think sometimes, though, the reason why is not because it's being forced as much as there's a little bit of greed in us. I'm, I'm not trying to say that that's true of you. Don't, don't walk out of here condemned. But I think sometimes there is that root of a little bit of greed. Sometimes I think the root is fear that I don't want to tell my boss that there's one day a week where I'm not going to work. Sometimes I think it's a fear of having to transition to a different job because you're really working for a slave master. If you are working in a job that is consistently, listen, there's seasons. There's seasons. Being a pastor, there's seasons where Thursday is just not tenable. I've got to be somewhere on a Thursday, and because I'm a servant, I'm a minister, right? You, you don't get to pick when people die and those types of things. But listen, if this, if, if this isn't just like Asia, if this is all the time you're working 24-7, you're working seven days a week, every week, and this has gone on, at some point you have to ask the question, is there a different place I could work? Could I trust God to help me with this? So you stay faithful to where you're working, you just say, God, would you show me another way? Would you help me? You talk to trusted Christian friends. I'm just telling you, biblically, you cannot make the argument that God's will is for you to consistently, over a chunk of your life, to work seven days a week. You you just can't, you can't show me that in scripture. I can show you otherwise in scripture. Now, I'm not being legalistic about it. If there's a season, some of you work outages, and for a season, you have gotta work seven days a week, I get that. I'm not a legalist about this. But if it's all the time, there's something wrong with that. Why? Because God loves you. And you can make all the money in the world and you retire and then you die two years later. And I've seen it. I've seen seen guys who work seven days a week and they work like crazy and they ignored the important things that are around them. And then as soon as they retired, they didn't get to enjoy it. Maybe, if we're stressed, it would help to focus on God's word, it would help to focus on our health, it would help to focus on pausing, as weird as that seems, as awkward as that is, to set reminders on your phone and just be quiet for 30 seconds, to focus on putting the fear on the piece of paper and remind myself that the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid, and to focus on Sabbath. Here's the thing I want you to know. If you're stressed, Jesus faced stress, and he will walk with you. And I love what Matthew 11 says. Jesus, Jesus says this in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. And I'm gonna read this from a paraphrase because I love how it just, some of us, we've heard these words so much that when we read it from a different perspective, sometimes it kind of jolts us a little bit. So this is from a paraphrase called The Message. It says, are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Tired? You're worn out? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Jesus speaking. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I really believe these are words for somebody in this room today. And you're stressed out, and God wants you to know, I care about that. Because I care about you. I love you. I love you so much that I sent my son Jesus, and not just, I mean, obviously the the point was for him to die on the cross, to take our punishment, to take our sin upon himself. But you know, he could have done that in a day. He could have come down like Thor, not as a baby, I don't think, I I haven't watched enough Marvel movies, someone can correct me later on, but, I mean, he he could come down like fully ripped, do the death thing, and then be gone, right? Why was he born as a baby in a manger? Why did he grow up with questionable paternity? Why did he take all this stress upon him? Because he wanted to show us the way. And when you are stressed, you can identify with him. You can go to him. Sometimes I I can't see clearly when I'm moving. Sometimes in my life, I'm moving 70 miles an hour. I'm moving 80 miles an hour. and, And God just says, slow down, turbo. it's not just about the short term. Life isn't a sprint, life is a marathon. And I wanna finish. I want you to finish. I want you to finish strong. I want you to finish with a little gas in the engine. I want you to cross that line and see that host of people that are celebrating I've ran a couple marathons and the best part is at the end, the whole buffet of food, like tables of food as far as you can see and the person who's putting that medal over your neck and people cheering even though you've taken an hour longer than the person who was in the lead, you know, like, you did it, you finished. Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you worn out? Are you ready to quit? Ready to just be done? God says, come to me. Jesus has come to me. Would you stand to your feet? He loves you so much. He loves you so much, He died for you. People will say, I love you left and right, and then they'll walk out on you. Jesus will never walk out on you. But He does call you to Himself. He died for everyone, but it's whosoever believes in him. You've got to make a choice. The invitation is across the board. There's no exclusions, but you've got to make the choice to receive, to walk in his grace and to walk in his life and to walk in his rest, according to the book of Hebrews. We can actually walk in his rest. Would you close your eyes for a moment? And I do this just because, I just want this to be a moment between you and the Lord. If you're here today and, and you say, uh, first of all, you're here and you say, Ken, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't. You talk about knowing Jesus. You talk about this being like this personal thing. I, I've known about Jesus. I've learned facts about Jesus, but I've, I, I've never really, this idea of following him, I've never asked him to be the master and leader of my life, the Lord of my life. I've never asked him to come and forgive me of my sins. And I know I need to do that. Can I tell you, you can do that today. You can do that right here and right now. You can say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I've sinned against you, forgive me. I believe that you died, that you're resurrected, that you're my Lord. If that's you, would you just raise your hand if you're saying, Ken, would you pray for me? I I wanna make Jesus the Lord of my life. Anybody at all? Yeah, I see you. Yeah, I see you back there. Anybody else? I see you back there, anybody else, I see you over there, if you raised your hand, I I, from, from my understanding of knowing most of you raised your hands, I, I, I know that you know Jesus and you're reaffirming. And you're saying, Jesus, I, I want to be right with you. And so I don't want to tamper that at all. God, you see these hands that have been raised right now under their breath. If you raised your hand, or even if you didn't raise your hand, would you just pray, Jesus, have mercy on me. I receive your love. Forgive me of my sin. Empower me to follow you. Pray for those of you who are stressed out. <laughs> if you're here again, just with eyes closed, if you're saying, can I I feel stressed out? I, I I need to put into practice one of these things, or maybe all five of these things. L- listen, don't even try to do all five of these things. Just focus on one thing to begin with. Say, Holy Spirit, help me with maybe it's the health thing. And maybe even with that, you got to go a little micro and go a little bit. Health just seems too broad. Maybe it's a sleep thing, maybe it's an eating thing. How many of you would say I'm stressed out? I need God's help. I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot of us, most of us. God, you see, you see your children. Yeah, I don't think it's your will, God, that we walk around stressed out. So, God, I pray for an anointing of Your Holy Spirit even in this moment. If that's you, if you raised your hand a moment ago, would you just raise them again? Just maybe even lift up both hands to Him, just in, a, just in a way of surrender. I know for some of you that's really awkward. It's weird just saying, God, we surrender to you. We surrender to your rest. We surrender to your will, to what your word has to say. We want to focus on your word. We want to focus on being healthy. We want to be the best that you created us to be. We want to focus on pausing. We don't want to focus on our fear. God, help us with Sabbath. That's such a hard thing. It's so counterintuitive. It goes against everything the world is saying to us. God, we want to be healthy And not just healthy to be healthy, God. We want to be healthy so we can do the things that you have called us to do. So we can advance your kingdom. So you can be glorified in and through us. We need you. We need you. Oh, God, see your children. And do inside of them what only you can do. Lift them where there's fear. God, lift that fear. This week, would you give us opportunities to show your love and your rest and your joy to the people around us? Give us eyes to see and give us the courage to obey. And We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.